0: So we've been in this Apostle's Creed series, kind of walking our way through the whole thing. Uh, And last week we looked at uh, the Holy Catholic Church. So that made us now this week, uh, hopefully, oh, I didn't put the Apostle's Creed up there. Uh, Ryan, do you know how to drag the Apostle's Creed into there? Um, So we're going to recite it. It's in your bulletin as well. Everybody stand up. So uh, we can recite the Apostle's Creed together. In doing that, uh, hopefully this week, since we talked about uh, the Holy Catholic Church last week, uh, we can actually all say Holy Catholic Church and not feel like we need to skip saying Catholic or uh, say something different, as I have heard, as we talked about, as you guys have all kind of wanted to say what you wanted to say during that time. Universal Church, right? Uh, Something way bigger than any of us, way bigger than this barn, right? Ryan, did we get it in there? Sweet. All right, here we go. So uh, let's, uh, let's recite this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead, he on the third day he rose again he ascended into heaven Jesus. seated at the right hand of the father and will come to judge the living and the dead I believe in the holy spirit the holy Catholic church <laughs> forgiveness of sins resurrection of the body and the life everlasting amen Amen, you may be seated, so I guess it didn't hit home. I still heard Holy Christian Church in there. <laughs> um, but we're what we talked about last week because we're we're and we're gonna really kind of springboard off of that. uh really, it could have been one message for both of these uh lines, but uh, I was really excited one to to kind of bring some clarity to that that holy Catholic church side of things, and then also I'm uh, really excited about today' speaking. Uh, about uh, the communion of saints. And so, uh, and in doing that, kind of the springboard of where we were last, last week, I talked about, and we even talked about it in our small group this week, the idea of attending uh, or belonging to something. It's, there's a difference between attending or belonging to something. I, and I thought about it in my life, and I thought about uh, all the things that I've kind of a belonged to over the years. And so I wanted to list some of them for you this morning. Uh, I was an Ed- Edmonds Enterprise paperboy. So I belong, I was, I was a part of that. Uh, I wrote a letter to uh, some government agency at one time, and, and I became part of the stealth bomber team. <laughs> yep, so I got these pictures of the B the, 12, the I think, bomber when it first came out, the one that looks like a triangle with the things. And, and I tell you what, on the back of that was highly confidential. Information about the stealth bomber. And they gave it to me. Me and my buddy Patrick, we sent out and got it, and we were part of that elite club. Uh, I was part of the grocery union when I worked at Albertsons. I was a member there. Uh, and then this is the good one. How many of you were ever part of Columbia House? Do you remember Columbia House? You buy uh, 10 CDs for a penny, and then you buy three CDs. And then I, I, I really think, I think those of us that were part of Columbia House, I think we're actually all still members of Columbia House. Like, that never lapses. Um, um, yeah, I'm serious. Like, that was so hard to get out of that deal. Um, and then they kept sending you the CD of the month. I was like, what, really? I already have the no, vanilla ice CD. No. Um, Costco. So uh, I was a member of Costco. But I also worked at Costco. And so for me, if you're a member of Costco, it's like you really kind of attend, right? You show up, you go in there, you get all the great deals, all the big bulk items, you get everything you need and you leave, right? But then what changed for me is I I worked there, if you didn't know, I worked there for almost 15 years. And so I really felt like, and we talked about this in our small group too, like your workplace, I really felt like I belonged there. Like, I had a group of people that I, that, I, that, I, uh, that I, you know, worked with, that I did life with, that I, uh, we influenced each other, and uh, it, was a, it was a good environment. So, uh, for a while now, and Colby helped me out with this originally, I'm part of the Lego Club, so, yeah. And then Avery got me to be part of the American Girl Doll Association, uh, so I'm part of that group. Uh, now I'm a Nintendo Club member, uh, since we got the Nintendo Switch. Amazon Prime. Any Prime members here? Yeah, we're Prime members. Uh, Part of the Exponential Church Planning Network. So uh, that is something that I feel like I just attend. I'm actually going to go to a conference with them, but uh, I just get their emails and then sift through what I need, and I get the information I want about that and move on. Uh, And so many other things. And probably for you, maybe you can think of different things that you belong to, that you feel like you belong to or feel like you're a part of. Uh, but this morning, kind of building off one of our blanks from last week was just that, that church is a place to belong, not to attend. And so last week, I talked about church being uh, something that you belong to and not that you uh, attend. And this, this week, it's it kind of building off that is church is a place that you belong to and not attend, Right? And if the church is something that we belong to, then there's got to be some sort of uh, guidelines or uh, expectations. And I, and, I, and I say that, not expectations or guidelines that we have to adhere, adhere to that then qualify us, right? That's not what I'm talking about because I've talked about that over and over. The only thing that qualifies us is the work that Christ did for each one of us. That is what qualifies us to be a part of this church, a part of following uh, Christ, um, but it's more along the lines of contributing to it. There's got to be some sort of clear guidelines or direction or, or uh, contributing factors that we're called to do if, we, if we're part of this, and that's where we're going to kind of look at today. Uh, if you don't know, I use a lot of my life uh, experiences to uh, kind of make a point, so uh, this weekend I coached some soccer games uh, and so, if you were on a soccer team and you belonged to that soccer team, uh, you would show up on a Saturday out at Northwest Fields with the other 20,000 people that are out there. Um, and if you were a kid on one of those soccer teams, you wouldn't show up in your marching band outfit holding your tuba or your French horn or whatever it is and march while you played soccer, right? You would show up and you would play soccer because you were a part of that team. That would be the expectations for you uh, to play soccer, right? Or uh, if we take the work environment side of things, uh, working at Costco, I was expected to show up at Costco, clock in, and do some work, right? And actually, you know, throw some Pepsi up on the shelf, throw some Coke up on the shelf, stock the canned foods or whatever it may be, the toilet paper there, Um but what happens if you don't contribute to those things, like if you just keep on showing up to the soccer game, not ready to play soccer, not, eventually you kind of isolate yourself and you don't be a part of that club anymore. And not that we're creating that club, club mentality, and we'll get into that a little bit more, but uh, the same thing in our work environment, right? A job doesn't last very long for you. Most of the time you kind of feel like you kind of push yourself out of it, right? And you don't belong to it anymore. And so today, uh, building on what we looked at last week, uh, this week uh, we have the communion of saints. And so we looked at this universal church, um, in in the idea of being something, being a part of something that not only is very much bigger than we are, uh, it also spans time. People have gone before us to pave the way, and people will go ahead of us to pave the way into this universal church. Uh, But not only that, uh, looking at the communion of saints, we looked at what's wrapped up in that. And the idea of that, the communion of saints, is how do we gather? How do we gather as uh, the church? How do we gather as saints, the communion of saints? How do we contribute or how do we uh, operate? In saying, I believe uh, uh, in the communion of saints... Is just that. I believe in community, coming together, gathering together. And so Colossians 3, 12 through 16, uh, is some pretty, pretty good guidelines for us to kind of start with. And we're going to get into even more of this as we go. I was actually toying with the idea of all of us reciting this too. And I, frankly, after this Apostle Creed's over, we might do some more. Standing, maybe reciting scripture, I don't know. It's kind of good to state what you believe in, but here's a pretty good guideline for us as we look at this community of saints. Uh, Colossians 3, 12 through 16. If you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles back in the back. Uh, you can totally look at your phone during church if there's the Bible on it. Uh, Seahawks aren't playing, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, but here it is. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy uh, and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion Dwell richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And so we'll get into this as we unpack this idea of what we're called to do as we gather. Uh, But this scripture here is a good place for us to start and reference as we kind of walk through this. So the, uh, for us, this idea started with uh, what we kind of walked through last week, as I mentioned, to, go, um, to go, at, go to a church is to belong to a church. It's different than just attending. Uh, so if we look at this, above, uh, about this text in Colossians, um, we get to see uh, what it means to belong to the local church and, the, and, 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 and what's kind of wrapped up in there, if you're all to kind of sum it up, it is... To affirm each other in the presence of Christ. That is what we do as we gather together, is that we affirm each other in the presence of Christ. Now, uh, to remind you, church, not a building, right? It's not a building, uh, but a group of people, both past and present, that uh, the creed now moves us into this idea of communion of gathering. And as we get together, uh, we get to uh, get clear instructions for us. And so uh, I don't know how I got this uh, negative um, thought about this word. Uh, If you haven't, maybe you don't know, maybe you do know. Josh isn't here. He's, I think, the one that spearheaded it for me. But uh, people tend to think that I have a, 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 I'm searching for the word, People tend to think that I have uh, something against the word fellowship, okay? So fellowship, it's a Christian word, right? Uh, Unless you're talking about Lord of the Rings, uh, then you totally understand what fellowship is. Uh, But this idea of fellowship to me, uh, it's hard to define. Like, how do you define? What is it? What is fellowship? Like. As a church, and you probably heard it a lot. Uh, we're going to have fellowship. We're going to gather together and have some fellowship. We're going to have our potluck meal, and we're going to have some fellowship. And so, for me, it's a hard word to really define and look at, and, and have a clarity around an idea. But in gathering together, that's kind of uh, what is easily what we're easily drawn to when we when we look at this. So. Um, uh, this idea in, in, uh, in the Bible goes back to defining uh, this word fellowship is actually in the Greek is called koinonia. And so uh, the local church is a group of Christians who gather together with the common purpose of koinonia is the word. And so that's where in the majority of that word, uh, the majority of the time it's used, it's translated into fellowship. All right. So in your Bible, you hear that word and you would think, oh, well, you hear fellowship, but you can kind of drop back to this. And the idea of that is basically is sharing your life with each other. And so for me, I think fellowship and I I don't necessarily jump to that idea of sharing my life. I jump to the idea of like, well, let's hang out. Let's have fellowship together. Let's uh, have a meal, you know. But, uh, but in actuality, if we kind of boil it down, it's sharing life together. It's sharing the joys of life and the sorrows of life. The high points and the low points, right? It's, it's sharing our lives with each other. And, and for me, at least, I know that for my life, uh, just knowing that somebody's with me in the crud that I'm walking through Makes it easier, right? Makes it uh, more bearable for me, right? Knowing someone's there with you. Not necessarily that uh, any of you would have uh, the perfect advice for me and what I'm dealing with, or that I would have the perfect advice for you and what you're dealing with. But more so, the idea of that we're just going to share in that stuff together. We're going to share in the joys. We're going to share in the sorrows. We're going to share in in uh, affirm Christ. In each other, okay? And so that's this idea of koinonia, all right? What the word actually means in the Greek, all right? And this being a a key role uh, as part of this idea of communing, of gathering together. It's sharing life together. And even more than that, it's this idea of uh, participation. Participation in each other's life. Being there with each other and for each other, right? Here's a word graph of koinonia uh, in the Bible. And you see that blue one uh, is, is where koinonia is used for the idea of fellowship the most. So you got a significant amount of those. But let's look at these other words. Participation, sharing, partnership, uh, contribution, common sharing, participating in and sharing with others. Right, That further defines that idea of what oftentimes I can read fellowship and just think, oh, are we going to hang out with each other or what are we going to do? And for me, uh, for me, I, you know, and kind of plan this, like I said, I love to use my, my life examples. I could have easily said, well, you know, uh, if you didn't know, uh, two years ago this January, I just messed up my legs and was in a wheelchair for multiple weeks. And I could tell you story upon story of how you guys fellowshiped with me, <laughs> Right. But you guys came into my house and did and, and, and did some amazing things but and, and and that's a great story. But what's more meaningful, at least for me in understanding this, uh, it really kind of hit me about midweek as I was thinking about Colby, and I'm not sharing anything personally about you, so don't worry i didn't I didn't ask for permission to share Colby's deepest, darkest secrets with you uh, but but having a middle schooler is a whole new world. <laughs> Whew. Uh, and, and, and even more so, as he heads off into high school, wow, um, I get to have some real conversations with Colby. And I get to kinda s- speak into his life about what it's gonna look like for him to be one, a pastor's kid. Like, I don't know that I'd wish that on anybody um uh, but uh and two the things that he'll face as he heads off into middle school and as he heads off into high school and how and how in his life over time he's going to have people that that think of him uh in 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 a in a magnificent way sure but maybe even stronger or in a, in a, in a in a more hopefully not as influential way people are going to uh share with him their uh unbelief in what he believes in or the silliness of it or the the struggle or the the um the challenge of of who he is and 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 who he is in Christ and and all this kind of stuff and so we get to ha- I get to have these conversations with him about um what that may look like and hopefully prepare prepare him to weather that um, but not only that, I get to share and we get to share in the idea of that he is a part of a, a group of people that will come alongside him and that will support him. Uh, it starts with hopefully me and my wife and, and then he gets to be a part of uh, these group of boys that you see up here every week or every other week they head downstairs with Sam and they get to be uh, koinonia for each other. That they support each other. That they share their life with each other. That they actually get to uh, press into what they're dealing with and what they're struggling with. And, and not only that, he's going to have that hopefully uh, be a present for him when he's on the high school campus. Or when next year as he heads into 8th grade and, and he's faced some things that he didn't face in 6th or 7th grade. And, and that for me just kind of actually broke me down to tears this week thinking about it. And thinking about what a great situation that he's in, but also the challenge that we all need that in our lives. That for each one of us, how we live our lives and the decisions that we have to make, that we're faced with, that we go through, uh, this idea of, uh, of sharing our life together is, is something that uh, is not optional. And, and I broke it down even further in thinking that, because I, and I know it, it's pretty easy because I put, on, I put on a pretty good face up here for you guys. Like many of you probably can stand up here and look into my life and into our family's life and think, man, what a great family, you know? Like they just, everything's just going for them and, and they're just so happy and... and... Yeah, exactly, Cody. Exactly, Cody. She's on key. But the deal is, sure, but we've got our cred too. And I'll tell you what, I would not, I would not be doing this, what I'm doing right now, if it wasn't for you guys. We would have burned out long ago. Long ago. And and, I don't think it's too much of a stretch for you guys to understand that uh, based on the stuff that you guys go through as well in your life. The things that you faced or are facing or will face. um, To get through a lot of that, you need to know somebody else is there with you. And there needs to be common ground. And there needs to be people who are there who are going to affirm Christ in you, who are going to lift you up and bring you to a place where you can go and, and, and get through whatever it is that you're getting through. It could be the biggest struggle, or it could just be dealing with a middle schooler, right? But you need, that might be the biggest struggle. Um, but church, that is how we're called to commune with each other. Way more than just gathering together. It's actually... Uh, affirming and supporting and sharing with one another. Okay? In the Bible, we went through Acts already and we talked about how they gave uh, everything that they had to the church and then it was redistributed. If you remember remember that in Acts 2, it talks about how uh, the church, everybody gave according to what they had and then it was redistributed to those that were in need. Okay? And that's monetarily giving, and I get that. But I heard it put this way. Okay? May we, us, may we give according to our ability and receive according to our needs. May we give according to our ability to give and may we receive according to our needs that we have in our lives. May we be a church that does that right? And, and, and I tell you what, man, both of these are incredibly challenging. Both of those ideas are both incredibly challenging and rewarding in all aspects for that whole statement, right? That we would give according to our ability and that we would receive according to our need. And it's really, honestly, the only way that this works. The only way that this really works for you, being here and gathering with us. May we not be a church that looks to have our needs met. To meet the needs of my life and what I need here and now. Because I believe that it's when our needs are, when we meet the needs of others that I then believe our needs will then be met. Because it's a mutual understanding and it's a mutual level of openness and authenticity realness about what you're doing and what you're struggling with in your life. And I think all too often, all too often, we get so hung up, and I don't want you to hear this when I say, may we give according to our ability and receive. All too often, we struggle with the idea of, well, well, the giving side of things, right? The idea of, well, you know, I have nothing to give. Like, that's one mindset we can have. I have nothing to give. Or, well, that's mine. I worked really hard for it, right? And I think... If we get if we get hung up on that, on the idea of giving, uh, gener- being generous, because that's common throughout the Bible is to be generous with everything that you have, right? That's a different issue. That's let's let's let I'll let you wrestle with that on in, in a different message or wrestle with the selfishness with with God for you. But uh, but I actually believe that it's equally as hard because I've experienced now firsthand in the last handful of years. Uh, uh, to to be on the other end of that, receive according to our needs. Because what do we believe? One of the things we believe most commonly for us in our lives now is that uh, I'm gonna put on this uh, facade of maybe the way you look at me in my life, like this facade of I've got everything figured out. My life is great. Uh, I don't really need anything. I'm actually here to... to, to <laughs> To contribute or to deal with other stuff, or, you know, I mean, it's equally as hard for us to receive as it is for us to give. Right? And I don't think, I think it's really hard for us to get there to the point where we are sharing equally because we know the need that we have in our lives. And we're willing to say, hey, got a need and have those and we'll get into this have those relationships where people will be like man what can i do people know and they come alongside you and they say ah oh, let me help you out the end of that verse uh, that we already looked at Colossians 3:16 says let the message of Christ, Christ dwell Christ let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through songs hymns and songs of the spirit singing to god with gratitude On your heart, listen to those words. May you uh, may uh, Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another, not as Jason teaches or your small group leader teaches, as you the the communion, the gathering of people teach one another and admonish one another. That's it's not one of those statements like, well, only this group of people but we're gonna exclude anybody else that isn't qualified, right? No, this is like, may you teach one another, each other, equally, and admonish one another. Church, I guarantee, I mean, maybe I can't guarantee this, but, but you guys have taught me way more than I've taught you, to be honest. Being experiencing this in the last seven plus years of doing this, man, I feel like I've taught way more. I've been taught way more than I've given you guys. And, and, and I just feel that to be true in my life. And that's what I would hope that we would gain from each other. And that's that openness of having the idea of receiving. From each other, Romans twelve nine through thirteen says: Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor, honor one another uh, above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keeping your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practicing practice hospitality. That just reinforces that that truth that's written throughout uh, the Bible on how we're to operate. There's there's something that I just straight up thefted this week. Stole it right out of somebody's sermon. Uh, But there's this common uh, understanding of the 59 one another's. So in the Bible there is uh, recorded that there's 59 one another's that we're called to uh, adhere to. And these are, and we've read some of them out of Colossians. I chose these verses specifically because you're to teach one another, admonish one another, love one, each, one another, honor one another, uh, keeping, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's 59 of them in the Bible, and I actually, I printed them up if you, I only got 15 of them, and I got to get one to some of the small groups that are, but if you wanted to, you can grab these and go home and look them up. But this is the idea of there's 59 of them in the Bible for us, how we're supposed to interact with each other and what we're supposed to do, Right? Here are some of them. Serve one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. That's Ephesians 4.32. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Just saying, right? No. Submit to one another. Do not slander one another. Be patient with one another. Give preference to one another. Carry one another's burdens. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about serving and how much, how easier, how much easier it is to, to shoulder things when you're with somebody, when you're partnering with people. Build each other up. Love one another. And, and it goes on. There's 59 of them, right? Church, how can we do these things? Like, if we can master that here, our impact out of here is going to be so much greater. And the only way, the only way we're able to do these things, you can't do these things by just attending, by just being here, like singing the, the great songs that Price leads us in or, or listening to my witty fill-in-the-blanks or whatever it may be. Uh, the only way we can do this is, is, is in relationship with each other. These days, uh our, our lives are not built around deep relationships. i mean, you actually have to work at being in a deep relationship with somebody, right? And I'm talking like real relationships, right? Life is kind of set up at this like Facebook relationship, you know, like this. I know everything that's going on in your life because I can read it. I can read your 140 characters and, and know what's going on in your life and not build, a, like. I mean, I, I've, got, I've got a relationship with 1,800 people, you know, right? No, I don't, right? The only way we can truly give and receive in relationship is that when we commune around this idea of sharing, sharing in each other's life with each other, communion, the only way we can commune of this universal, like ginormous church that we talked about last week, the only way we can really function inside of that correctly is in deep relationship with each other. You following me? Like deep relation, not surface level, not like, you know, did you read my post this week or uh, did you get my Snap, right? That's Snapchat. I don't know anything about it, but I thought. Like, did you get my Insta? Like that's Instagram, is that right? I don't know, I'm not sounding cool at all. Is that the right way to say it, guys? No, all right. I don't know. I, I had to write that in afterwards because I really don't know Snapchat or yeah, so, uh, but, but know, it's, it's to know the story of the people that are around you. Like if we know, if you know my story and, and I broadcast it on Sunday mornings, you're able to give me grace in areas that I need grace because you know my story. You know the things I struggle with. And if we know each other's story at a deep level, we can help each other out even more because we know where, we, where you need, where, you know, why things are the way they are. If, if we don't know each other's story, we simply react. And t- quite frankly, all of us that are, you're probably here, you have a little bit of a bent towards a helper situation, like you want to help people out, like you have that genuine idea of like being a part of something bigger, and, and we instantly go into that reactionary help. Like, how can I help? How can I do it? But if we don't really know each other, that help really doesn't go anywhere. Without, re- without that relationship, we, we react rather than relate to each other in, d- in deepening those relationships. It's the idea of, yeah, I know everybody in the room, but I really know no one in the room. And, and, and I'm not calling you, like, you don't have to build a deep relationship with, like, everybody, right? Jesus modeled it totally different, right? Jesus had his, had his thousands that were following him, and then he had his hundreds, and then he had his 12. I think we, man, we'd do a service if we actually just had 12 pretty good relationships. But Jesus even had three really deep relationships where he like really dove in deep with these three. And so that's a model for us. And I, and I thought of, as we kind of wrap things up a little, I thought of like, oh, I'm gonna challenge you guys, right? Like this idea of like, let's, let's just do it. If you've been here, make you raise your hand. If you've been here longer than two years, no, don't raise your hand. I was gonna have you do that and be like, okay, now invite somebody to your house because you have to do it, right? No, not necessarily the case. That doesn't work for all of us, right? But, but honestly, that's how it works. Like we need... To, to be a part of, of, of each other's lives and in deep relationship with each other. And so that kind of is how it works. Like, that's how it's gonna be. But the other way we can do it is, is, is and it's a little easier, uh, on the back of your bulletin, we listed all of our major groups that we have. And these include small groups. There's men's groups in there. Uh, there's women's groups in there. Uh, including even like entry-level stuff like ladies' night out at Agave or guys' night out at at Tino's. Like that's like the beginning of it, right? But but I tell you what, these people, every single one of the people on this list would be eager and excited to have you. Like they they would. They would be joyous and happy if you made the decision to be like, oh, you know what, I, I think I'm gonna take what Jason said seriously. I'm gonna deepen some relationships. Everybody on this list would be eager and excited for you to join them. So that breaks down the first barrier of like, well, you know, they don't even want me. Or, the, you know, I mean, we tell each other so many lies, ourselves, so many, not each other. <laughs> I don't want you. The second one on there, that's my small group. I don't want you. Uh, no. <laughs> each, we tell ourselves so many lies to keep us from those deepening relationships and those relationships that, that God is calling us to, right? And then, and then now we're gonna kind of shift because I want you to hold on to that because both of these kind of really go together here. Uh, and this idea of like, um, so it, the blank is uh, we are called to be holy not because we are holy, okay? Okay? So that's a blank in your outline, and I messed up the punctuation on there. I think I needed a comment after holy. I don't know if it's in there or not. But we're called to be holy, not because we are holy. None of us are worthy of what God did for any of us, right? So to declare that we believe in the communion of saints doesn't mean that I believe that I'm a part of this holy club. Uh, It means that I believe in a holy God who has called me individual into the community, with purpose and meaning. And, and, and it's through that community that we'll work through renewal and regeneration and, and, and kind of right living in our lives. God, you've heard it. God's called, galled us, even while we were still sinners, into that relationship with him he, through the work that he did. We are called to be holy, not because we are holy. And that's that whole struggle with the idea of saints. Like to think of myself as a saint, like, I'm a saint, you know, I mean, that doesn't even, I mean, like, you wouldn't hear me say that. I'm not a saint, right? Uh, I'm not worthy of that title. The only one who is, is, is Christ. That he calls us that because we're set apart, holy, uh, uh, being set apart for a purpose, okay? And so I'm, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that there aren't perfect churches out there or perfect people within this church. I hope you don't think you're perfect. Uh, if you do, you're at the wrong church. Um, but I love that, that we are a church uh, that we could have anybody show up in this room and it's not gonna mess things up because your fearless leader is already messed up, right? So nobody's gonna come in here and blow things up with their presence. Uh, and I'd hope that you feel the same way. This idea I talked about with the kids, like we're all figuring this out that we're called to be set apart and and gather with each other because of what Christ did, not because we think we're part of this, like, holy club of good people that are better than everybody else. It's not the case, okay? I want to revisit with you guys, right, and and this is the whole idea of, like, church for the sick, Jesus came for the sick to heal them, to heal the sinner, Uh, but I want to revisit this this uh, story that I told you about a guy last week that I had this conversation with who said, man, I tried the church thing. I just don't get it, right? I, just, I mean, I tried it. It doesn't work for uh, me. And, and what I would, what I would say and, and what I didn't say to that guy in that moment because I haven't earned the right to say I didn't want to scare him away. Uh, I didn't say, uh, we, you know what? The church has let me down too. It has. Like, we're imperfect people gathering together, uh, aspiring in the hope that Christ has given us. So it's not going to be everything that you hope it's going to be. Like, I've said it numerous times. I'm going to let you down. Going to do it. And you're going to let each other down. You're going to let your your kids down. And you're going to let your wife down or your husband down or your best friend who's here. We're going to let each other down. It's not perfect. But see, what, what, what we're missing out on, if we use that as an excuse, as that guy did, well, I've tried church, it just doesn't work. Like, it, it, you know, we all know that that system doesn't work. No, we miss on the common essential function of the church, and that is to, to commune with each other and call each other, support each other, affirm each other up in the presence of Christ. That's what we're called to do, not to be a perfect group of people that gather together and sing about our perfectness. And here's the kicker in it all. If we're just attending and we're not getting into that deeper relationship, we're no different than the guy who said, I've given up on church. We're maybe a step closer, but we're still a step out. We're not fully involved with what God has called us to in this idea and what he's set up. Right, we are set apart as believers to place our faith and trust in hoping in the hope that Christ and what he did for us that he would build us up so that we could affirm each other in Christ and we could build each other up in deep relationships in the calling that he has for us in our lives amen so here's the deal we're going to take communion and I'll tell you what it's a great it's a great example um So this, on its own, is just an oyster cracker in some great value grape juice, right? I and mean, that's, that's all it is. It's a great value uh, grape juice in great value oyster crackers, okay? I saw the label. Sorry, we didn't splurge for you. But here's the deal. Set apart, we, these are to remind us of something, Right? Christ's body that was broken for us, Christ's blood that was poured out for us. And Jesus, the night where he did it, where he gathered with the disciples on the table with some bread and some wine. Nothing incredibly special about that. But Jesus took that bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. And this is my blood spilt for you. All of a sudden, the bread and the wine that were on the table took a totally different meaning. And the oyster cracker and the cup take on a whole different meaning to us than if they're just in our pantry and we put them in some uh, New England clam chowder and, and put it in our sippy cups for our kids. I mean, it takes on a whole new meaning and purpose. And that's what Christ is calling each of us to. And right? a new meaning and a new purpose that's formed through the deepened relationships in the... Um, the navigation of doing this together and being reminded of why we do it together, right? So I'm gonna invite uh, Alex and Christine to come forward. They're gonna serve and I'm gonna serve you guys. um, And the band to come forward too. Or actually, it's Amanda and Price to come forward. It's it's nice to break it down simple uh, and worship together.